Hi hi. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Kennedy Sung. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. Boys. That little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. We need to have a round two of the game we played in the final episode of season one. And what game is that? One second music challenge. Oh, right, it's the, right, one that was, the one that I won. The one that was rigged in Sam Joe's favor but because all one... the songs are very old. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to do round two now and guess what? Let's see if Sam Joe and I can keep up with the kids and what the kids be listening to in the block. Okay, <sighs> so these Fine. are... So it's going to be rigged in Kennedy's favor now. It's all new music. Actually, no, I'm quite scared. I don't think okay. I know what it is. <laughs> I'm going to lower... Sam Joe's mic. Why? Because I just know he's going to start screaming. <clears throat> okay, I'll try and maintain. Yes. Okay, You're going to raise your hand. I'll look at you and then you answer. Whoever who wins will get to introduce our special guest for today. Yes. How Ooh. cool is that, right? Okay, okay. are we ready? Mm. Let's go. This is song number one. Yeah. Okay. Who's it by? I no idea and I don't know if I want to care, but... <laughs> Is it, is it, wait, are you serious? Okay, well, you know, it's like someone very basic, like uh, BB Rexa or like um, Doja Cat. Or oh my god, you're gonna you're gonna get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you came for so I'm many kidding. fandoms at once. How dare you? I'm a Doja fan. Uh, okay, well, well, defend defend Doja Cat. Then. This is really sad because. You're wearing their T-shirt, Sam <gasps> Joe. No! It's oh, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, this is so embarrassing. No, everyone's going to think I'm a fake fan. I, uh, That's what I call uh, it, fake fan. Uh, oh my god, okay. I promise I bought this T-shirt at a concert. Fake okay. fan. And, but I was more... I, can I just defend myself? Oh no, my you're a fake fan, Next. I, shut up. I have a reputation to upkeep, okay? So, I was more into Little Mix during the Black Magic and Hair era. <laughs> if you like music that's only from 2006 or the noughties, mm-hmm. like, go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so embarrassed. Okay, next song, next Can song. we just not air this? This is very <laughs> no, embarrassing. No, we're, we're airing it. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Alright, song number two. Alright, Kennedy. React by the Pussycat North. He was so happy. Look at is it. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Dua Lipa. Huh? It sounded like the start of physical. It's not Dua Lampa, okay. Next. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so so far, Kennedy won. Alright, third song. Let's go. So sour candy. Ah! Oh. Is it? Do you yeah, know this song, it is. Sam Jo? Is it sour it's from candy? Chromatica. You don't know, man. I know sour candy, but does it start like that? I... It's nice. I mean, I don't want to rain on your parade, <laughs> but nice. I didn't enjoy the song. Rain on me, okay, next. <laughs> Kennedy, too. I'm a stupid love kind of guy, so. Alright, next. Ah yeah, Kennedy win already la. Kennedy, what is it? Never really over, Katy Perry. Yes, that's absolutely right. Oh my god! Right. Come on. Control. No, so here's the thing. I know all these songs, but I don't know them as well as I. Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna be a sore loser. How about we just declare Kennedy a winner? Okay. Congratulate, congratulations. That is still- your number one. <laughs> if I was gonna lick sing, I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. This is why he had to have the warning, right? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> you still can make a comeback. Okay, this next song actually has someone from our era. Alright, Sam Joe, let's see if you can get this right. I actually don't know this song. Oh, I feel like I know this. Are you serious? Are you are I you serious like I, right now? I feel like I know this. Yeah, I'm gonna take Oh, oh Old Town Road. Yeah, there's a reason why. Uh, you okay, see, okay, I only okay. know the ones that are by all those like female pop stars. And 
he's a gay artist. Yes, by Lil Nas. And it's also the most successful song of modern pop Sorry music. Sorry, this song overtook Mariah Carey. I'm still, very, I'm still very upset about that. Yeah, I'm a little bit salty also. Okay, yeah. final. I'm, I'm just very embarrassed. I really, can we just, can we just jump straight to our special class? Oh my god, I know. I know. It was one of the best songs of 2020's Joshua Simon's All I Wanna Do. Yay! It's my song! Kennedy has never heard this song. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your music. <laughs> Deezer, <laughs> Tidal. Oh Alright, on that note, Kennedy. Sound, SoundCloud. <laughs> Alright, Kennedy, you're definitely the winner of this one. Mm-hmm. You've redeemed yourself. Please introduce our special guest on today's episode of the SG Boys. Alright, we have a special guest today and he is none other than Yu Sheng from Heckin' Unicorn. Oh, heck. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Hello, hello. How do you feel about us after experiencing all that? Has that impression changed? Yeah, not really. Yes, I know. You saw. Uh, you, you don't s- have to answer the question, by the way. No, you saw Sam Jones is most vulnerable yeah. because right, yeah. he had that embarrassing moment where he was revealed as a fake Little Mix fan. Huge, huge struggle. I can see in his face. So Yusheng is actually um, the man behind Heckin Unicorn, because I know you from social media, from the colorful pins, the merchandise that you sell. Give us the history of Heckin Unicorn. Heckin Unicorn is a Singapore brand. Uh, it's a queer brand, so we only design and sell LGBTQ designs. And it kind of started around two years ago, so it's in like December 2019. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I, I just sketched out pin designs. And I thought like, hey, it looks quite cute. Oh, maybe I could make them into actual pins. It's not something I usually do because I'm quite risk averse. It's a risk because you have to buy in bulk. And I'm not sure if anyone will buy any of my designs. Mm. But for some reason, I just decided that, okay, uh, I was working for a couple of years. I have some savings. I'm fine if I lose the entire amount of money. So I decided to, okay, just make a small batch. Uh, and it became a lot more popular than I expected. Obviously, my friends and family were the first batch of customers. Mm-hmm. They bought it, and then my colleagues bought it, and then I sold on Carousel. Right. Of all places, that it would find an audience on Carousel. Mm. In March 2020, I quit my full-time job. So since then, I've been working on Hacking Unicorn uh, full-time. Wow. That takes yeah. a lot of guts. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm <laughs> very... You, you said you're very risk-averse. I am, I am. So what I did was, I actually talked to a bunch of people who quit their full-time jobs. How did you make that decision? And then I also checked my bank account balance. Mm. I ran the numbers. So I studied accounting. Full disclosure, I studied accounting <laughs> in the US. Uh, I ran the numbers and I was like, okay, I have enough savings to last me for a year, even if Hacking Unicorn like completely fails. Mm. Uh, and that was when I decided, okay, I'm going to just take the plunge. So I quit in January, and by March, I was like done with my notice period. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened, you know? <laughs> right. And I was quite scared because like March was the time where in Singapore, COVID was quite the thing. Like yeah. everyone was freaking out. So I wasn't sure if this is going to work out. But it's reached a point where it's too late because I've already resigned mm-hmm. and I've served my notice. And like, oh shit, like now there's this new challenge. Uh, but thankfully, it hasn't been that bad. Because I think a lot of people, not only in Singapore, but also overseas, they are kind of like getting used to buying online. Right. The sales kind of picked up. 
That's good to know. Nice. So, you know, we are just now talking about like, you say you do a lot of merchandise and stuff and I just mm. can't help but notice that you have this really cool notebook that says The Gay Agenda. Yes. Um, so this is part of Hacking Unicorn's designs. It's called The Gay Agenda. Uh, there were originally four designs. This mm. is one of them. It shows two men kissing with a very beautiful <laughs> halo around the two men. I like the halo, you know, it's it's... It's like, rose gold, yeah, it's like rose gold foil. So it's like very pretty. Oh, I'm a whore for this book. Eh. Thank you, thank you. At the end of the notebook, there's a glossary with 69 LGBTQ related terms. 69? 69 is just random. particular it's just reason? Random. No, because, <laughs> it's because 34 and 35. So it's just a complete coincidence. That Coincidentally, I end up with 69. How do you choose number. these like 69 terms? Is it like commonly used terms or you feel like these are terms that need to be clarified? So there's, there's a bunch of common terms like what does it mean to be gay? Oh my god. Um, but there are also some like more complex terms. So like what is gender identity versus gender expression versus yeah. sexual orientation? Mm. I'm looking mm. at this now. Uh, I have never heard the term monosexism. Oh which yeah. Is a prejudice, hatred, hostility towards bisexual people. Mm. The idea is that, you know, we say biphobia, homophobia. Yeah. The, Suffix. Yes. It means it's a fear. But actually it's not a fear. You're just being an asshole. Oh, right? Oh. You just don't like bi people or you don't like gay people. Right. So they find that phobia is like misleading. Right. So they prefer something like sexism. Mm. Instead of saying that you're biphobic, you are a monosexist. Right, you're focusing on the discrimination that, yeah. that comes with that. Personally, I never knew that there's so many terms and stuff. So like, what made you want to start Hiking Unicorn? A couple of years ago, I went to San Francisco. It's kind of like a school trip, like a short exchange. And so I went to the Castro, which is like this gay town mm-hmm. in SF. And it's meant to be like, oh, gay paradise. I went to a couple of shops there that they sell like pride merchandise. And I was kind of disappointed because everything is just like rainbow flags in the form of a circular pin. Rainbow flags in the form of a triangular pin. Tote bags, but it's just rainbow flags. Now I know actually a lot of these cool stuff, uh, they are online, they're not offline. They're not in physical retail stores. Uh, it but also makes sense for them to, instead of just having a whole bunch of inventory ready and then selling it off there, uh, yeah. they try to grow the demand first, right? Yeah. Sometimes the most creative things are always the small independent creators, like on Etsy. Yes, you know, and then yes. you mentioned that you found a big, quite a big market on Carousel, these mm. kind of things. Yeah, because yeah. I'm completely... Oh, I forgot to say I'm gay. <laughs> I'm completely <gasps> out. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> You're a homosexual? <laughs> I am. My family is completely cool with that um, my friends are cool with that my classmates were cool with that when I was in uni right. and my colleagues for all of the companies I've ever worked in were completely cool with that I know enough queer people to know that this is not the norm in Singapore yeah. there's, there's that kind of uh, a, a thought in the back of my mind that I know that I'm privileged and I'm just thinking about how I can contribute back so Hacking Unicorn is kind of like the mix of these two like I design things that I wish I could buy on uh, in physical retail stores. Also, the designs kind of slant towards the subtle end. It's geared towards people who might still be closeted, who might be living in maybe unsafe or unfriendly environments. They can still receive the package in like discreet packaging. It's like... Like you mentioned subtle pride, right? I guess some people feel like it's quite an ironic term sometimes because, you know, um, our view of pride, especially with other countries, right? It's always people on the parade floats. It's all very garish and very loud. Ooh, subtle pride. That's mm. an ironic term. You want to explain more about it? Yeah, I've, I've actually heard a lot of comments or questions online about what does it even mean to have subtle pride? And they are kind of like asking, hey... Are you actually secretly anti-LGBT and you're trying to ask queer people to like stay in the closet, stay where you are and so like don't ever come out, that kind of thing. 
to some extent, I can understand why they might think that way because they think that pride has to be out and proud. But the whole reason why the designs are, again, not all designs are, are that subtle, but most of the designs are subtle and it's because people who are closeted, who are in hostile environments, they can still get something that represents their identity and they can wear it. And it's so subtle that actually no one would think that it's a queer design, but they will know and their friends will know. I've actually received a lot of like um, messages from customers who are still closeted and who are very like excited, very happy that they can actually buy something online that is subtle enough, but yet they understand the, the sort of the pun or the hidden joke and they can be proud of themselves without risking the personal safety. In a way, it also fosters a sense of community. And I guess when you feel like you're part of it, like you are in the know, I see it as a baby step because even though it may be very subtle to someone or um, like I wear a transgender flag face mask right now, uh, given the recent incidents, um, not a lot of people know what that means. Those who do, you know, um, yesterday someone actually said out loud while I was passing by the food court at Ion, isn't that the transgender flag? And I turned around and said, yes, wow. it is. And then I continued walking. Right. So it's just one of those we things. You didn't try to tear it off your face. It wasn't. It was a... <laughs> And no, it was it too was soon? A, Is that too soon? It was a very strange thing because he did sound a bit aggressive when he said that. You also can tell with body language in the tone of someone's voice. Like it'll also mean a lot for that person who knows that it's a subtle a little hint there. In their perspective, they probably because they know what it represents, it'll be the biggest thing for them. Like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna wear this. I know what it means. Other people may not, but it'll be the baby step that I need before taking the next step and then being a lot more open about that. That's great as well. Often, they are the most vulnerable people, but there aren't that many things that they can actually get because they have to stay hidden. You hear of guys who don't want to wear flowery, overly flowery shirts or whatever because they feel like they might be clocked as mm. queer or mm. whatever. So, yeah. you know, you found a creative way, a creative solution around that. Yeah. It's actually linked to symbolism from gay culture as well. For some people, even wearing a little bit of colour is already them expressing their sexuality or, or, mm. or um, parts of their personality that they usually would shield when they normally just wear black or they just wear blue. Or I, I hear that sometimes from people that I go out with. Josh, you know, I would never be able to wear the colour colours that you wear. Nothing that I'm wearing is from Heckin' Unicorn or is from a gay designer or nothing like that. There's no pride flag. A hint of pink in mm. there and we have to call it salmon. You know, so everyone has that little ways of, of taking their baby steps forward and yours is actually linked to gay culture and I do appreciate that. Um, mm. How do you navigate um, criticism that would try to sort of pick the little things that you do? It depends on what kind of uh, criticism they are giving. So... In the cases where they don't understand subtle pride, I would explain to them, like, hey, it's for people who are closeted who might not feel safe. Most of them do get it because they, the only reason they ask is because it has never even occurred to them that such people have needs. Um, and there are some who are a bit more hostile and you can't really tell why they're asking. Is that from from the community, outside the community? or Most of them are from outside the community. Okay. And so, like, it, it's steers towards the hate, hate comments kind of thing. And if it's hateful, I will just delete and block because mm. I have to create a safe space. Yep. Uh, and I can't have people asking, why do gay rights matter? Why do trans rights matter on my page? That's not where you discuss that. Like, uh, For me, it's just like my page stands for all these rights. If you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. Mm. Uh, it's so, not for you. Uh, I mean, of course, you have all these like wonderful merch and 
very tongue in cheek also. Like I think you have one where it's like a cat licking itself. Is oh yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, something like what was the what was the caption? It's called Kitty Lover. It was called something else, but Facebook didn't allow me to name it that. <laughs> oh. uh, something lover. Something that starts yeah. with a P. React. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> React. <laughs> I like that. That's cute. Yeah. No, but on top of all these like whimsical designs and all that, you know, and you and I think you really bring a smile to people's faces with that aesthetic front. But I also like that you don't shy away from tackling certain dicey issues. Right. Yeah. Because I notice also from time to time you have certain posts. Yes. Where you talk about you have a blog on your website. Yeah. 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 yeah we have a blog. Yeah. So that's that's something else that sometimes I also point out to people who ask questions like. Uh, the designs are subtle for closeted folks, but the brand is in no way shying away from being queer. On the profile, I say it's a queer brand, <laughs> run by a gay man. Um, and we've written about censorship of LGBTQ people in media spaces, a list of anti-LGBTQ laws or regulations in Singapore, conversion therapy in Singapore. And so that's what the brand is here for, like to advocate for rights, to tell people that, hey, hello, uh, certain ministers might claim that LGBT folks are allowed to live as themselves freely in the country, but that here are the evidence that suggests that, hey, reality is different. Why do you call it hacking unicorn? Because if we go by extension, oh, hack is a euphemism for oh, fuck. Yeah. So technically it's like fucking unicorn. Yes. So, no, no, no. So, so let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. Nice for uh, so, pointing that out. Ah, just checking. So the, the reason why I chose the unicorn is because it's kind of like an unspoken mascot for LGBT pride. Mm. For some reason, I also don't understand why, but the unicorn is just seen I, as a gay icon. I think also because, you know, we're special. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the most positive sense, you know. For dogs. Uh, hacking good boy. Like those memes of like dogs. Oh. Like hacking good boy. And so that's where the hacking came in. It's like bloody it's good. Kind yeah, of. Really? It's like an emphasis. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, sorry. I was going in a completely different direction wow. that we do not go on this podcast. Oh. Do we not? I mean... We will, yeah. I feel like you go there sometimes. <laughs> Another episode. Okay. <laughs> I'm a hacking unicorn. I'm a fucking unicorn is what I want to say. You're owning it. You're being... Yeah. You're like... I'm so rare. Oh, that's Selena Gomez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because no, because unicorns are known to be rare and unique. So it's like, it's quite empowering, you know. I'm mm. a unicorn. I'm rare. Yeah. I like that. I actually really like I'm a fucking unicorn. Mm. I really like that. It's like you smack my ass and get glitter, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that was the thing on oh. Tumblr. Like, a few years. no, really, really. On, oh that was gosh. the thing on Tumblr. Like, it's like, I could see Kenneth. Okay, no, my. I know, I poop and fart rainbows. Yeah. Right. So that's actually, I thought that was the whole thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whether, sub, whether consciously or subconsciously, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. I, I think it's incredible that you're running this from design all the way to marketing to selling and uh, getting it into people's hands I think it's also something to remind everyone on the little social groups that we have we've had Prout on as well and that's just a couple of people and they run queer trivia nights and they're never afraid to sort of engage in uh, discussions with everyone and also a lot of times people look to these platforms when an incident occurs, a very public incident occurs, we turn to the Ping Dot website. We turn to Prout to hear and look for guidance and how do you know how do we then shape the conversations? What are people saying? And I and I have also gone to Hack and Unicorn to learn, okay, what's happened? What can we do? Read the comments, what are other people saying as well? Where do I stand on this? And I think those kind of platforms are very important. I also think it's good to sort of remind everyone that behind Hacking Unicorn is one person. Sometimes get it right, sometimes they get it wrong, and we're always constantly learning. And I want us all to be very encouraging with that and work with the groups that we have because it's very easy for then for someone to just say, you know what, I don't have to do this anymore. I can just close shop and then that's it. 
and if all of us start closing shop, then who do we then turn to? You know, so I do appreciate your work coming here. Um, I want to ask you about uh, the man behind Heckin Unicorn. I, I know, I know you talked about how you know you've been blessed in the sense where when you came out, you embraced. You've been to SF, and I know for a lot of people in Singapore, they they dream of SF. They hear about SF like this. It's this mecca where someday we'll get to go there and we get to be ourselves. And you've had that privilege of being able to go there and experience life around the world on how gay people can live free. Uh, was, were there any periods in your life where it wasn't like that? Yes. Um, my coming out story might be a bit different from the usual story because I think I was 19 when I came out. Before that, I was super closeted. So I kept to myself. Oh, I have a twin brother. Wait, what? And, and he's also gay. Identical twin. And how do we know that you're actually not the brother? How, you know? how do we know? <laughs> Maybe Sorry. you should sit today and we have your brother. Correction. Yu Chang. Hacking Unicorn is run by two people. <laughs> A twin brother, he's also gay. For the first 19 years of our life, we never came out to each other. So we kind of knew that we're both gay. Internet browsing history helped. Oh, uh, verify but we both knew that we were gay but we never talked about it because we were so closeted I was very afraid of growing up when I was a kid because growing up meant that someday this secret is going to be out I might have really had it better because my family was uh, Buddhist mm-hmm. so my religion doesn't say much about being gay the context that I gather from growing up uh, the TV the way adults reacted I kind of knew early on that being gay was wrong not until I was 19. When I came out, and it was because of this super cute guy. Aww, <laughs> and I had a huge crush on him. Okay. Uh, we were in NS together. He's so cute. Oh my god. Um, and after NS, you know, like you kind of go separate ways. You don't really hang out much afterwards. Thought, okay, fuck it. I'm just gonna confess to him. Uh, and see how it goes. Okay, it didn't like it didn't end anywhere because he was attached to a guy or girl. A guy, a guy. He's gay. Also. Oh, oh my God. he's gay. He's oh gay my also. And I was so I was so happy when I realized that he's gay. Um, but anyway, nothing came out of that. But that was how I first came out. Mm. Uh, when I told him that, oh my God, I told him that I like I liked him, and he also knew my brother. Uh, he, he asked whether we talk about that. My, my brother and I. So he he suggested that I should tell my brother. I went back home, poured a huge glass of wine, and I told my brother that I just told this guy that I liked him. And my brother also had a crush on him. Ah! (laughs) Hello, who is this guy? (laughs) This guy, you two, you brothers, two brothers have this one guy to thank. This one cute guy. Dear Netflix, we need to greenlight this drama. (laughs) This is such a good This is bridge over troubled waters. Oh... (laughs) So I came out to him. Okay, we decided we're going to tell mom. And so he wrote this very long, very touching letter. We slid it under her door and then we went out for like our internship. And so our mom read it. That, her first reaction was like she's sad. She was like confused. Was it something she did uh, that turned us gay? Which is like, you know, mm-hmm. bullshit. That's not what happens. Um, but it's more because she doesn't really know what to think about having gay children. Yeah. Um, having two gay sons. And so she was lost. She texted us and said that, give, give her some time to think. And so we we had like a drinking session a week later. Uh, and we talked about it and she was like, fine. Her biggest fear was, are you going to have uh, HIV? You know, that's still the first That misconception, yeah. yeah. 
And so we explained to her, like, you know, this is how STDs work. Yeah, so gradually she, she kind of understood. And over the years, she has been very supportive. We would go to Pink Dot with her. Wow. Before I came out, I was completely closeted, never dated anyone, never, never been to any like gay bars or anything. And then when I come out, it's like the whole world knows. <laughs> Within like one or two years, <laughs> the whole world knows. And like I'm missing all these, like never really been to like gay clubs, gay bars and all that. Yet I'm one of the most open person about my sexuality. Mm. That's how I came out, basically. Mm. You have an incredible oh. mom. Yes, she's yes. she's awesome. Mama Teo, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. love you too. Um, when you first thought of coming out at 19 years old, right, uh, and you looked around and you knew that, okay, actually, I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, so I just want to add to that. The reason why that is so is because you learn about the environment, right? Like you learn the iron is hot because you put your finger on it, right? So uh, you kind of dipped your toes into it, you looked around and you heard what people were saying about gay people, right? And that's also probably what happened with your mom. She heard other people say that, oh, this person's gay, he has HIV. So that means it's linked. Anyone who's gay equals they're going to contract HIV or or they're going to be very promiscuous. So these are these kind of perceptions that people have of of gay people and and um, I'm really happy that she also decided to speak to her children, learn about it, and then come in and support. So so that's an incredible woman that you have as your mom. Yeah, I know you use the word privilege, but I I also do think that it was quite tough as well for your family to get mm. to this point of acceptance, and it wasn't something as simple as I came out, everyone just embraced me straight away. Whitney Houston starts playing, you know. It was it was a journey, and I'm so happy that you took that step with your family and with your brother as well. And also shout out to that guy that you had a crush on. He played a big role. To, he did. He was a catalyst. Yeah, he did. You Is know, he still in your life? As a not, friend, or? not really. Can you describe him by saying his full name? <laughs> no. Can you, just, can you just give us his uh, IG handle? <laughs> no. Okay. So he's going to remain anonymous. But you're right, though. Be. Wonderful story. <clears throat> and like Bridge Over Troubled Water. I love that title. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to sing the song? I don't know the song. Still, what? Actually, I know that I know that there's a song called "Bridge Over Troubled Waters." Okay. Is it by John Elton? Or? I, no. I, I know it's the Simon Garfunkel. Simon Garfunkel. Yeah. Simon Garfunkel. That's the original. Is and it? then. Isn't Simon and Garfunkel like a soup? <gasps> yeah, they named they named it after. Okay, God. Okay, go. Okay. I'm not even gonna comment oh on that. Gosh. It's just so right. Like, um, Hack and Unicorn, you guys have a lot of things. Like, you write articles, you have pins, you have merch, and like last episode, Sam Joe actually introduced a book to us about coming out or something like that. Right? Clearly, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> Josh, do you remember the name of the book? Covering by Kenji Yoshiro. I remember it. Yoshino! <laughs> oh, oh. You can't even get it right. <laughs> Go Yoshinoya and have your tonkatsu don. Okay. Sorry, oh, Sukiya coming already. To segue in, Hacking Unicorn has this new project called the Unicorn Library. And mm. essentially, it's a free LGBTQ library. You can browse and borrow queer novels. It will get sent to your home through tracked mail. Oh gets into your letterbox, you go and take it out, you read it for like 30 days. Once you're done, in the package, there's already a pre-filled postage paid return envelope. Wow. So just put it in and drop it off and you're done. And it's discrete packaging also, is it? Yes. Or? Okay. Mm. I, and I'm sorry, I'm just like super moved by this. Yeah. This is so incredible. It's awesome. Okay, the collection is quite small now. There's only like 30 books. I can um, add. I can, I can add to it. I can also. I have yeah. a lot of books that I'm awesome. not so reading. So if if any of you listeners want to donate uh, books, 
queer books to the Unicorn Library, you can just head to theunicornlibrary.com and we'll figure a way to get it from you. You know what we should do also? Write little letters and then we put it in. Sneak the, it in. Yeah, and then we pass it around like sister with the travelling pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it sounds very prone to abuse somehow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of um, queer novels as well. So, um, and some of them just completely. I mean, I know a lot of people have read "Call Me by Your Name." That's also a very beautiful book. Mm. Um, there is uh, "They Both Die at the End" by Adam Silvera. I've heard of that. That one broke me. Oh. And there's Garth Greenwell, uh, "What Belongs to You," also incredible. There's also the "Tales of the City," uh, "Tales from the City" um, series, which is also awesome. Sorry, I'm very, very yeah. passionate. about I'm going to leave a note in one of these books. Call Josh Simon six one four one five five. Please keep this in there. <laughs> I've been reading up on gay rights recently. This book called Victory, another book called Legendary Children, and even covering that I was talking about the book I talked about in a previous episode. And they're all very based uh, in America. So do you know of any like at least Singaporean, at least, at least ASEAN, at least yes, yeah, know. or Asian yes, kind of yes. So th- there's gonna be a bunch of books that are Singaporean fiction, either written by Singaporean authors or features right. Singapore. To know where I'm coming from, and oh. there's one called Peculiar Crease. Uh, ah, that's quite famous. Was, yeah, I think it was the first Singapore gay novel. Uh, written in 1992, published in 1992 or something. Mm. And it writes about a Singaporean gay man's perspective of going through army, falling in love. Eh, sounds like me, uh, no? <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but, that's the point. You Life imitates to... art. <laughs> but that was the first book that I read that I found myself being represented yeah. entirely. I've, I've read a piece of fiction that actually I can feel like Hey, that might be me. And that's right. a beautiful so, yeah, feeling. Hopefully, hopefully, we get more representation among different races and pe- people across the LGBT spectrum. Yeah. On that yeah, note, yeah, I'm actually, dead. I'm actually writing a gay novel. <gasps> yeah, and oh. and it's someone who looks very different from the the gay novels or gay films that you usually see um, that are cast in these films as well. Um, I'm, I'm gonna try to put you in touch with definitely books. They sent us the Lady Gaga book recently, um, so we can add to some of the, the, the books that you have. I usually go to Kinokuniya and pick up books from there, and there used to be an LGBTQ section. Oh. Um, and I always found it funny because it was right next to the astrology and religion <laughs> and occult. So I always go there, and that's how I remember looking for like Garth Greenwell. And I think also because of how big Call Me By Your Name was, um, and, and that was placed in like the popular section and mm-hmm. the general section as well, um, I, I, I think that section is gone. Uh, for the LGBTQ plus section. Now they've spread it across so you can find it right next to a Bridget Jones's diary. Is that a great thing though? I mean, it sounds like I think it having sounds like a, someone got rid of the queer section in a bookstore. It, it can <laughs> actually, it can sound what that way, think? right? I, I think it's good to have a subgenre uh, to have a to have like a shelf dedicated to content for that if you're looking for that. But I also think it's good for it to also have a spot everywhere else. I, I'm looking at it that way. Uh, it's the same thing for uh, Netflix. In the US, they have a dedicated LGBTQ plus section, right? Here now we have a Made in Singapore films and TV shows. Uh, but we also have gay content spread throughout in horror, in action, in drama. And the great thing about that also is that you don't box up LGBTQ content. Um, you allow other people who has never seen a gay character be a protagonist in a movie and they chance upon it happen to be a great movie uh, without having to go looking for that. So I think it, it, you, you got to work together with it. It's good to have our own section but it's also good to have it everywhere else. I don't want it to be a case where um, I need to, I want to read a gay novel and I have to only go 
to a gay library or only go to a gay section to find it almost like it's at the back of a bookstore. What I'm trying to say is that it's a bit worrying that a section like that has just vanished. And I mean, of course, assimilation and normalizing queer experiences into the mainstream is very important. Yeah. But I do think it's quite a slippery slope when, you know, especially imagine like you're a teenager or you're 19 in army figuring out your sexuality and you want resources you want like a book or you want to actually you know feel like you're not alone other than listening to SG Boys <laughs> <laughs> like you know you want that little yeah, but, safe space in a bookstore but I guess the context has changed now I feel like with digital I'm not sure how relevant a physical space like that you know what I mean compared to <clears throat> when people Google or Goodreads and, yeah. Yeah. I do okay. have to say though maybe maybe they moved the section to a different part of Kinokuniya so I, I don't want to let's just... do some investigative journalism <laughs> <laughs> we'll go yeah. there sometime Field trip. <laughs> I, think, I think as long as you go to the computer terminal and you key in maybe the tags, book the tags or tags particular theme yeah, yeah. as long as it's still taggable and yeah. you can still find the book I yeah. think that's fine as long as the book hasn't been taken out of the collection or burned yeah. Yeah. it's my worry um, I know we started off by talking about um, how Heckin' Unicorn has products that have sort of that subtle pride or that baby step. We actually received a message recently about how the SG Boys podcast is like that for someone listening, where it was a conscious decision on the three of us to make this a podcast, not a YouTube channel. We wanted you to listen on the go, put your headphones on, a very intimate uh, conversation had between three of us and we bring on guests no one knows what you're listening to and and you feel safe in that sense as well. So hopefully this will be that first step for you, uh, listener, as well. And then the next step will be starting your own podcast. You know, that'll be kind of cool. Thank you so much, Yishun, for coming down. Thank you um, for having me. Will you create some badges for the SG Boys? <laughs> will you do a professional Ooh. gay for Kennedy? <laughs> That's so precious for me and for Sam Joe, just... What would you like? A microphone? Loud cackling noises. <laughs> wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my god, no. The Sam Joe fans are going to come for me. Yeah, they will. <laughs> oh, the Sam Joe fans are real. Oh my goodness. I, I managed the Instagram account for the SG Boys and a whole bunch of it is just, oh my god, Sam Joe is so cute. Uh, nonsense. Lies. <laughs> They're all his family members, actually. <laughs> uh, thank yeah, you so I much paid for, them to say it. <laughs> thank you so much for coming down. Uh, can you... Uh, let, uh, let's run through all your social media handles or where we can check out um, some of the work that you do. Right, you can check out on Instagram at hackin.unicorn. Um, the website is hackinunicorn.com. The library, it's theunicornlibrary.com. The SG Boys, that little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.